Drive Time Radio with New York Vinny. And a very happy and good morning to you. It's Drive Time Radio. It's a Saturday morning, just a little after 8 o'clock. And uh, we get together every Saturday morning at this spot to talk about cars and Sometimes other stuff we throw in there too, but uh, we're predominantly an automotive show. Uh, is, the name of the show is Drive Time. I'm New York Vinny. Nathan, the producer, is along as well for the ride. He uh, adds uh, the spice to the show, keeps you uh, keeps keeps us on track, which is uh, something I'm always eternally grateful uh, to Nathan for doing. So good. Uh, Good stuff there. Good to have Nathan along. Good to have you along as well. If you don't know who we are or what we are, we are a show that focuses on the automotive lifestyle. We cover everything from new car reviews, uh, great used cars, information about buying cars to make you a smarter consumer, the fun side of automotive car shows. I mean, you name it. And I think we've talked about it on this show over our last four years that we've been doing this. I guess it's coming up uh, on four years in November, but hard to believe sometimes that the show has been on that long, but it is. And uh, I'm extremely happy to be here with you and be hanging out with you on uh, this Saturday morning. Well, we got lots of stuff to talk about. We're going to give you some good information this morning. So you might want to grab a pencil and a piece of paper and, um, you know, have it handy because we're going to give you information that I uncovered this week uh, in looking at, uh, you know, the, the vast amount of research that I do. Sometimes I feel like I'm chained to a computer, uh, but I did come up with, uh, you know, an, an interesting um, bit of information to give you where it can actually uh, monetarily benefit you. And we all need a little monetary benefit, don't we? We're all looking for a little bit of monetary benefit to keep us uh, going. By the way, I've noticed that I haven't changed um, something on here. I, and I didn't look at the standings this morning, but I'm thinking that the, the Mariners, and, and Nathan, you helped me out with this because you know this stuff uh, intimately. Um, are the Mariners, did they climb back into first place last night, or did they, uh, they fail down in Tampa Bay? Uh, we lost, so we're still in second. All right. Okay. So I'll have to figure out here as we roll along how to uh, change that uh, Seattle home of the first place Mariners. Oh, there you go. Look at that. You know, you give Nathan access to this thing and boom. (laughs) It probably should be second place, but really trying hard Mariners. How's that? I don't think I got enough space for that. Okay. All right. Well, okay. But the, uh, the effort is noted. So that's what we got. That's what we got going here. We got, uh, well, we have, of course, uh, our uh, two main anchor segments, which we uh, like to call Yo Vinny, What Are You Driving This Week? And the Radio Road Test. We'll get to the Yo Vinny, What Are You Driving This Week? in just a second. And also our uh, patented, trademarked, and um, wonderfully uh, musical segment called uh, the Saturday Morning Cartoon. Uh, We will be visited by one of my favorite groups uh, this morning. The Beach Boys. And being as uh, I'm just off for celebrating a birthday, I figure it's my prerogative to come on, come out and uh, come out swinging with the Beach Boys this morning. But I really dedicate it to my pal, J.D., who's the biggest Beach Boys fan I've ever seen or met. I mean, he's, you know, he knows more about the Beach Boys than I think the Beach Boys know. But, you know, I mean, think about it. The Beach Boys are probably the one group, maybe along with Jan and Dean and, and uh, you know, that, that whole early 60s California car culture scene that are most associated with music and cars. I mean, we, we um, I mean, over the last four years, I've really dug into, uh, you know, music and cars and how they relate to each other and so on and so forth. I feel like I could write a, a thesis on it. And you, you really understand that the the ebbs and flows and how much people um, associate music with their cars, whether, uh, you know, and it's a big thing now for automakers because as we move into the electric car era, they're trying to figure out, okay, uh, what, what effect does sound have on the driving experience? They have whole departments now uh, dedicated to researching the driver experience 
and how not having the rumble or the roar or the vibration of an internal combustion engine will affect how people feel about their cars. And the early research and the early stuff that's in about it shows that it does, that there is a certain association between that rumble and that vibration and that feeling of an internal combustion engine and the sound, uh, you know, I mean, people spend millions and millions and millions of dollars on exhaust systems uh, that are tuned and it sound a certain way. Uh, companies like Borla and Thrush and Mickey Thompson uh, have made billions of dollars on how your car sounds. And, you know, the car companies are aware of this. And they're also very aware of the fact that when you get in that electric car and you push that button, uh, it doesn't, uh, doesn't do anything, really. So the research around, one of the big researches that has been done and, and things that they are trying to figure out is what kind of sound, what can they do to introduce a sound into a electric car that can turn you on the same way that the sound of a, a, a good hearty V8 engine uh, that's, you know, clicking on all eight cylinders and, and you know, boom, 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 that, that feeling that, that, that really, uh, I think, it, you know, I don't want to be uh, sexist here or anything, but I do think it, it affects males much more than it affects females. I mean, I think there's something about that, that guttural um, sound and vibration that the engine emanates that touches something in the male psyche uh, more than the female for the most part. Not to say there's not exceptions and so on and so forth, but, you know, the manufacturers have certainly, uh, you know, gone for that that sound, that feel, that make a guy go, oh, man, I want to ride in that. Oh, doesn't my car sound good? It's why people go, rum, rum, when they pull into the parking lot because they want to, it's almost like a mating call, but not a mating call to women a mating call to other guys to show that I got my car here. I'm, uh, you know, my car sounds better than yours. And you don't get that with electric cars. It just doesn't happen. They've tried to install different uh, devices that make noise because one of the other fears is that you don't hear an electric car coming down the street. And it's true, those things are so quiet that if it's, it's not for the factory a produced sound effect that goes along with the electric car that they install there, you might not ever hear it coming down the street until it's, you know, until you're looking at the battery while it's running you over. So that's something that they have to look at too. So there's a lot of research going on uh, around the sound of how cars feel and how the music, how it all affects. I mean, I'm sure that in years to come, you're going to be able to buy an option for your car that'll make it sound like, uh, you know, a 1968 Z28 Camaro or a 1967 uh, 442 with the, uh, with the you know, the, the three deuces on the top or all those different cars, classic cars that we remember not just by the way they looked, but by the way they sound. And I'm, I, you know, somebody's going to do this. I'm sure that some companies already has it patented, but I'm sure you'll be able to buy <laughs> different sounds that make your car sound like what you want it to sound like. You know, you can probably have a, if you're an animal person, if you're a dog person, you can probably have your dogs uh, uh, panting or barking installed in your car. So you'll be able to drive up the street here. <laughs> you know, you'll hear Rover. When, and you don't have to drive a Rover to hear a Rover. So that's one of the things that, uh, you know, they sit around in Detroit and talk about, rap and flap about. Uh, I think the other thing they're sitting around about uh, this uh, week in Detroit is the North American International um, Auto Show uh, that is uh, going to open up this week in Detroit. And I think a lot of the luster 
has been taken off of auto shows because of COVID and because of, um, you know, a manufacturer doesn't have to premiere their car anymore at an auto show. They can just put it online on YouTube or on um, their own website and get a million hits. People want to know what the car looks like. So, so you know, like this, this week, the Tesla Cybertruck, uh, a production model was rolled out. And it didn't hit. There was no, let's fly everybody to Detroit. Let's wait for the Detroit Auto Show. Let's fly here. Let's take them here. Let's go to a... It all came over computer. It all came over uh, the internet. And while that didn't serve Elon Musk well, because he couldn't stand in front of the crowd and have everybody cheer him and idolize him for uh, 15 minutes uh, with the standing ovation, you know, one way to get a standing ovation is to not put any chairs in the audience. It's always, it's guaranteed you're going to get a standing greeting uh, that way. But be that as it may, always interesting to see that uh, a new vehicle is out on the street. I'm still, I'm very um, ambivalent about the Tesla pickup truck. It looks more more like hype, more like a, a symbol of, uh, I, I don't know, a, a symbol of look at me, I'm cool, than it does a functional truck. But Again, I haven't driven one, haven't even seen one in person yet. So I'm, I'm going to reserve judgment. It may be the greatest thing in trucks since sliced bread. I mean, I wasn't a big fan of the Tesla when it came out. But look at what, you know, it's hard to deny what Elon Musk has done uh, for and to the auto industry in this company, uh, in this country, I should say. Excuse me. I mean, the guy, no matter how you slice it up, is a, a genius, and he does have um, the right amount of willingness to try something different that hasn't been done before. So you got to give him credit for that. But then on the other side, you talk to Tesla owners, and you wonder sometimes, there's something else going on here besides just a car. I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying I was driving back. Uh, from North Bend yesterday, went out to uh, to get the best fried chicken in the Seattle area. And I know, uh, I'm sure I'm going to get a call from Ezel's telling me I'm wrong, but there's this fried chicken that's at this gas station in North Bend. Uh, no, it's actually it's in Snoqualmie, excuse me, not North Bend, Snoqualmie. And it is, for my money, the best fried chicken in the Seattle area. It's certainly the best, um, you know, pre-made sitting there in the, in the, in a gas station fried chicken you'll ever eat. I mean, it's delicious. And it's not only my opinion of that, but many people that, um, that are, you know, gourmet, not gourmets, but people that do reviews on food, uh, have said so, have loved this place. I've known about it for a long time. Everybody that I've ever taken there for fried chicken loves it. So there's got to be something. There's got to be some kind of secret to the sauce. Anyway, uh, coming back, you know, driving back, and it's 5.30 or 6 o'clock, and there's traffic going over to Mercer Island, and all of a sudden you see these cars, this car coming up from a rearview mirror, and the guy, you know, traffic's doing 60, and this guy's doing 100. And then right behind him is another guy following him close behind it's doing 100. And, you know, I just, I move over and let him go if, you, if you're that crazy. But they're not just, they're weaving in and out of traffic. Boom, boom, boom. One guy staying on the other guy's tail. And sure enough, what you got there was a Porsche and it was a Tesla. You know, two cars competing for the uh, most disliked drivers of, uh, you know, of, 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 uh, of American society. Uh, so it was the whole package rolled up into one. But, yeah, that, it's a Union 76 station. It's out in Snoqualmie. And it's just uh, called a crispy fried chicken. And, dang, if it's not the best fried chicken, um, I, I, I think in the area. And Ezell's is pretty good. I mean, I think Ezell's fried chicken is, like, off the uh, charts. Uh, uh, um, Nathan, do you have a fried chicken preference? I do. And that would what is your preference to, for fried chicken? That would have to be either Jollibee or Doofers out in the 
kind of Issaquah area. Now, Doofus isn't quite fried chicken, but it's close enough, and it's fantastic. They do the whole broiling thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, They make you order it, like, you have to pre-order it, because when they cook it for you, it takes, like, 40 minutes. Well, I think you're going to have to take me out to this place sometime, because I like chicken. I love fried chicken, but, of course, you know, I can't eat it all the time. It probably wouldn't do my heart all that much good, but every once in a while... I like to splurge on a good couple of pieces of fried chicken. And, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's just one of those foods that is so simple, yet so brings you so much pleasure, doesn't it? Absolutely. You can never go wrong. Yeah, you can't go wrong with fried chicken. So you'll have to, you're not too far from out there. You'll have to go out to this uh, 76 station sometime, or maybe I'll take you out there for lunch sometime. And we'll, we'll get an opinion on, on, matter of fact, maybe what we should do is do a, uh, a taste test, the crispy fried chicken at the gas station versus, what is it, doofers? Doofers. Maybe we should do a taste test, uh, a drive time taste test. It sounds good with me. And I just okay, realized I wasn't on the video there. <laughs> I was like, oh, wait, my camera's not on. Yeah, I saw you had, had the little circle going on yeah. or whatever, but I was, you know. What did I know? I'm just uh, I'm just sitting here hosting the show. That's all. <laughs> oh, Nathan, what am I going to do with you, Pally? How you doing, Nathan? You okay? I'm doing well. A little bit heartbroken. I know we've been talking throughout the week, and you know I was in Cincinnati to go see my brother and his yeah. wife and my niece, and also yeah. attend a Mariners game while I was there since they were in town. And well, out of the three games I went to, or well, I could have gone to. I mean, I went to the one on Tuesday, which is the one where the Mariners took like a 6-2 lead or something like that, and then they just blew it towards yeah, the end of the game. And yeah. That's when you just get your hands on your head for five minutes in shock. Yeah, it's... Well, Cincinnati's a good club. I, I, I mean, I, you know, they, they got a lot of great talent on that team. Uh, not that the Mariners don't, but I thought it was a good... Uh, and, and although this road trip did not fare well for the Mariners, uh, you know, those back east swings sometimes don't. I mean, I was on that swing one year. We went down to Tampa Bay and to Baltimore, and I forget what other city we went to off the top of my head. But uh, it, as a matter of fact, it was the year that they won 116 games, and they got they got squashed oh, uh, man. in a couple of those games. So, you know, I mean, that's uh, – that's the deal, but but they're not, you know, I, I mean, maybe they learned a little something about themselves this week, and again, uh, no excuse for losing two out of three to the Mets. Right. That Yeah, no excuse for that. That's a, This is the team that won and swept the Mets last year mm-hmm. uh, when they played them, and um, it was actually, I think, the, if I'm not mistaken, the start of when things started to get you know, get good for the Mariners going down that stretch. They took three from the, from the Mets and moved on. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, we'll see. Uh, we'll see the uh, you know them figure out who the who, what the best combinations are for closer. Right, because the pitching was really what was hard to watch when I was at the game on Tuesday. It's like yeah. nobody could find the strike zone, and they kept walking people and. The Reds were always threatening, and I made it sound like it was that like seventh inning or something like that, where that's where I was in disbelief. But it was like it was the whole game because I was always on my uh, toes, just pulling my hair out because the pitchers kept walking people and putting them on base, and then a base would base hit would happen, and they were just always putting on the pressure. Well, we're gonna have we caved. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're going to have to some work to do with the bullpen. Uh, plain and simple. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, uh, again, they've been getting decent bullpen uh, by committee, uh, you know, but there's always a risk there. You know, what happens if you get three guys who have three bad nights in a row? <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, you know, which can happen. But hopefully, hopefully they'll uh, – They'll finish out in Tampa Bay. They'll come home. They got it. I mean, I think they got the toughest schedule in the league the rest of the way. It's uh, going to be tough. I know they, at the very end, they got to go against uh, Rangers and the Astros for like three or four series in a row. And that's going to, 
be the true test because all the teams that are in the American League West battling it out to either have a wild card spot or take first place are playing against each other. Right. So it's going to be very intense by the time the end of October comes. Or end of and September, very, excuse me. Yes, and I'm very disappointed in the Oakland days because I thought that uh, that they were going to really challenge the Mets for the worst all-time record for a season, uh, but they seem to have ascended above that. Yeah. Uh, all of a sudden, they, they've actually won some games, and uh, I think they've won 43 games or something like that now, which the record is 40 and 120 for the worst season. Mm-hmm. So what are you going to do? You know, I mean, I was hoping the A's it 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 duffel in there, but uh, the Mets record for 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 badness is safe. <laughs> it's 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 a, it'll, I think it'll be a long time before a team only wins forty games in a season. I know the Pirates and the A's have challenged it at times, but mm-hmm. uh, I think we're okay there. Um, you have a, a question you might like to ask me? Yes, Vinny, gotta find out. Yo, Vinny, what are you driving this week? Oh, Nathan, I thought you'd never ask. I am driving the uh, uh, 2024 Ford Escape, which is uh, um, their uh, smaller uh, SUV crossover or whatever you want to call it. Nice vehicle. It's a platinum edition, all-wheel drive. It's a 2.0-liter EcoBoost. Uh, engine, which, you know, Ford does a nice job with their small engines. Their four cylinders and their uh, six cylinders, they they squeeze a lot of horsepower out of out of them. This is a, um, uh, again, this is one of the higher-end additions. Uh, we're looking at a, a car that uh, has, is roomy inside, uh, is comfortable, except for, and I've noticed this now with two cars in a row that I've had, the way Ford builds the, the driver's seat, when you put it all the way back, the back of your leg hits on one of the rails of the seat. So if you're one of those people that like to drive like I do, far away from the steering wheel, because uh, I'm, I'm one of those people that believe that God forbid the airbags go off, you don't want that thing hitting you in the face uh, with all of that force. So it was. Um, it is it, just a piece of it. It's a design flaw that, that hits the back of your leg. And it, it was present not just in the Escape, but in the Bronco I'll talk about later that I had the week before. Other than that, great vehicle. I mean, it's a, a vehicle that if you want to, uh, uh, you know, uh, looking for something, you have the two kids, small family. Uh, it, it, it's, it serves all of, the, uh, all of the purposes that you want it to serve. So far, from what I've seen, uh, as good acceleration, it's roomy. It, uh, it it feels bigger inside than it is. And if you want to buy a Toyota RAV4 or a Honda CRV, uh, number number A, try to find one, and number B, uh, you're going to pay over sticker price for those cars. Where I'm pretty sure that the Ford Escape. You'll probably be able to buy it uh, at sticker or below. I'm, I'm feeling uh, quite confident about that. So if that's a consideration for you, because the uh, the CRV and, and uh, the Rav Four are the leaders in that category, but hard cars to uh, obtain. All right, that's what I'm driving this week. We'll take a quick break here. When we come back, if you're in the market for a used car, I've got some good information for you. Very good information for you. How you can Get your car and get a vacation at the same time. Don't go away. It's Drive Time Radio. I'm New York Vinny on a beautiful Saturday morning. All right. Now, let's see if we can find first. No, that's not it. Believe me, it's in there somewhere. No matter how rough you treat a rebel, it's awfully hard to hurt it. A survey of professional driving schools shows that they use more of our cars than any other kind. How am I doing? A lot better than yesterday. Turn left. I can't do it while you're watching me. Okay, turn left. How does it feel the first time out in traffic, Mr. Moss? Mr. Moss? Mr. Moss? 
truck. What truck? Behind the bus. What bus? The Rebel has held its own against some of the worst drivers in the world. Should I turn the windshield wiper on? At this point, it looks like the Rebels are going to outlast the teachers. Alternative Talk 1150, here to uplift your day. Right back with you here on Drive Time Radio. I'm New York Vinny. Thank you so much for listening to or watching our show. You can catch us uh, on YouTube and on Facebook and also on the airwaves at the Drive Time Radio Network. Flagship station is uh, 1150 KKNW in the beautiful city of Seattle. All right. You know, I do a lot of research for this show. I mean, I delve into I watch countless hours of YouTube, uh, try to find different um, uh, items that I think will be interesting for you and uh, different items that will, you know, give you some information that you uh, that you will make you a smarter consumer because I believe that uh, being a smart consumer, being somebody who knows what's going on when it comes to buying a car, whether it be new or used, is a great uh, is a great tool. And there's several websites that are out there. We've had some people on from some of them before that uh, will educate you a little bit more on, you know, what to look for when you buy a new or a used car. And it's really, uh, you know, fascinating stuff if you're into cars. Uh, if you're not into cars, I don't know how fascinating it is, though. But uh, the website I See Cars uh, came out with a great article that interested me oh so very much uh, when I saw it in my inbox earlier this week. The most and least expensive cities to buy a used car. Now, according to this survey that was uh, researched and done buy IC cars, you could, if you're shopping for a used car, you could go on eBay or pick a city, according to this guide, and shop in that city from here in Seattle. You could get somebody to go and look at that car and pay them a couple of hundred bucks to inspect the car at the dealer's lot. They have inspection services that will do that for you and look at the car facts here and check the car out and make sure that uh, the car is legit and okay. And you could save yourself $6,000. The average price for a used car in America today is $34,227. The Deepest average price, the least expensive average price, differs by $6,173 or thereabouts on some models. Um, The most expensive area to buy a used car is West Palm Beach, Fort Pierce, Florida. The least expensive area to buy a used car is Cleveland, Ohio. With, uh, which has an average price of $31,458 or 8.1% below the national average. Cheapest cities to buy a car in. And again, I, I, I warn you that if you listen to this and you want to do it, always spend the money and get somebody in that city, either an appraiser or somebody that knows cars. There's people that will do this. Uh, for a couple of hundred bucks, go to the dealer and check it out. Check the VIN number, check, you know, all of the stuff that you need to check. Make sure it's not a flood car or it wasn't an accident or something like that. But the least expensive cities to buy a used car, Cleveland, Cincinnati, uh, Norfolk, Virginia, Fresno, Visalia, California, Orlando, Daytona Beach, Florida, Detroit. Columbus, Pittsburgh, Indianapolis, and Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. And uh, again, uh, you know, it it varies. Uh, Cleveland and Akron, 8.1% below the national average of 34,227. Oklahoma City, which is number 10 on the list, drops down to 5.2%. 
the top 10 most expensive cities to buy a used car. And we're talking about the top selling used cars, uh, you know, from a dealer, uh, a good private party, certified, pre-owned. As we said, West Palm Beach, Florida, 37632 $3,400 or almost 10% over the national average. Followed by Denver, Colorado, Austin, Texas. Is there a city, Nathan, on this list that I haven't mentioned that you figured would be on this list? Um, for used cars, ooh, I'm gonna guess Seattle. Number four, you pay six point nine percent higher than the national average when you buy a used car here in Seattle than you do. Um, uh, if, if you do it, in, if you go buy a used car in Cleveland or in Ohio, let's say that area of Ohio, Northern Ohio, you pay, you could pay up to $6,000 more than you would pay here. Uh, followed by number five, Salt Lake City, Charlotte, North Carolina, Dallas, Fort Worth, Miami, Fort Lauderdale, Los Angeles, and Boston, Massachusetts. Um, again, uh, ranging from 3,400 above the national average in West Palm to 1,041 in Boston. So you can, it, it becomes clear that by shopping away from Seattle and shopping in other places, especially these cities up here, you could, you, you could save yourself a considerable amount of money. Now, they listed some of the um, models that was the most expensive and the least expensive. So let's say you want a uh, Toyota Tacoma pickup truck. If you buy that car in Miami, Fort Lauderdale, and I suspect around here as well, um, you would pay 32373 on the average. If you bought it in Albuquerque, you'd pay 39000 it's $6,700, again, on average. Ram 1500 pickup. Cleveland, 39364 Denver, $47,159. $7,795 price increase. Um, let's see. On this list of, uh, I think there's 10 cars on the list. One, two, three. Four of them, most expensive, are Seattle. Uh, the Toyota RAV4, if you bought it in Jacksonville, Florida, $27,297. If you bought it here, $31,934. That's $4,637 difference. Uh, Ford Explorer, Miami, $32,143. Seattle, $37,293. Um, the Toyota Highlander, very good, larger size SUV from Toyota, obviously. Miami, 34,222. Seattle, 38,933. 12.1% difference, $4,711 difference. Um, let's see what else we have here. Mazda CX-5, a car that I love. I know Nathan's a big Mazda fan. If you bought it in Miami, Fort Lauderdale, 24,566. If you buy it here, average price 27,653, $3,000 difference. So you really see that buying, if you're willing to go through the motions or go through the, the looking of vehicles uh, that are in another part of the country and either having it shipped here or flying there, get it and make it in a family vacation or something, that you know, you wind up here, and again, I preempt this with, uh, or, or I should say I, 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 I strongly always suggest that if you do something like this, you get a reputable appraiser to go look at the car and make sure it hasn't been in an accident, all of that kind of stuff. And if somebody doesn't want to show you the car, you don't want to buy the car. It's that simple. If somebody starts squawking and saying, well, I can't show you the car, this, that, the other thing, you don't want to buy the car. Quickly, that that's simple. But 
you can see here by this chart on uh, iccars.com that you with the price of used cars today and, and it hitting record highs and everybody saying, well, this is going to bust, it's going to burst. Well, it hasn't busted and it hasn't burst yet, the uh, used car bubble. Uh, if you're selling your car, you're going to get more for it now than you probably ever would have under any other circumstances. And if you're buying a car, you are going to pay more. But there are cars that there are deals to be had out there if you're willing to go on uh, eBay or you're willing to go on uh, some of the different uh, websites uh, that, you know, list cars from different sections of the country. You can go on Car Edge, which is one of the, we've had the guys on from Car Edge a couple of times. And you can go and you can look there and punch in used cars, punch in what, you, uh, what you're looking for and see what pops back. It's, uh, you know, a half hour worth of research. You could wind up saving yourself um, a ton of money. Uh, I don't know. You know, six grand is nothing to scoff at. Nissan Rogue, the least expensive place to buy a Nissan Rogue. And I don't know I really suggest you buy one. But the Nissan Rogue, 22546 <laughs> in Salt Lake City, 25517 if you buy it here in Seattle. $2,971 difference in one of the more popular cars. Um, another one, this Honda CRV. Tampa, St. Pete, 26591 Here in Seattle, $30,024. Uh, you're going to pay $3,400 more, 11.4% more for the car if you buy it here in Seattle. So again, this isn't for everybody. You know, some people want to go down, they want to buy it from a local dealer and everything, and, and, and that's all well and good. But with uh, with economics being what they are now, with people wanting to save a dollar, um, or you just want to say to yourself, hey, you know what, kids, we want to go to Orlando, uh, you know, to go to Disney World or something like that. Uh, we're going to buy a car. We want a Highlander. We're going to go to Miami, Fort Lauderdale, $4,711 difference. In my book, makes it worth it, right? You have, you, you have the car pay for your uh, for your vacation. Just something to think about. Uh, I don't know why. Well, I have an idea of why cars are much more expensive here. Um, you know, listen, supply and demand. A lot of these cars on this list are cars that, um, you know, are high demand cars. The RAV4, the F-150 pickup. Uh, the um, uh, Tesla Model 3s are high-demand cars uh, So in this area. So people will pay a premium to get one. I, I, you know, it's interesting. I'm, I'm interested to see if they do this on new cars, too, to see what the, the price difference is. I suspect it's probably a lot less on new cars, but depending on where you are, dealers will mark up the car uh, you know, put uh, added stuff on there and try to go through your pockets that way. So something to think about. All right, let's do our cartoon because uh, the time she's a running and so is my mouth, as I like to say, uh, the Beach Boys. What, what? I mean, come on. What group is more associated with cars in America than the Beach Boys? Well, we're going to go very recent Beach Boys. Just a couple of years ago, uh, they put out uh, an album and a song. and. Uh, this song kind of encapsulated uh, the relationship between the car, the radio, and the Beach Boys. Here is uh, That's Why God Made the Radio by the Beach Boys on the Saturday Morning Cartoon. There you go, the Beach Boys on our Saturday Morning Cartoon. Well, it always gives me great pleasure to be able to play the Beach Boys. We haven't even gone through their car catalog yet, uh, trying to stick with our edict of playing songs once, although we've falling down on that every once in a while, but sometimes you just get repeats. Uh, but that's uh, from a couple of years ago. That's why God made the radio. And a uh, great song that uh, pulls it all together and ties it up with a nice little bow. Uh, of course, the uh, music and the radio and the car and how it all just ties into one neat little package. So thanks to the Beach Boys for that. If you want to find a list of our cartoons, if you're on Spotify, just go to Drive Time Radio with New York Vinny. 
uh, Saturday morning cartoon. Search that. You'll find that we have almost every song that we've played on the um, Saturday morning cartoon listed there, and you can listen to them in your, on your own time and maybe discover a few uh, that you didn't know about. There's some, uh, there's some gems that I've pulled out of there from different genres of music. You know, it's not just rock and roll. It's a, a bunch of different uh, genres of music that there are tunes and music about cars. Uh, although I don't think Beethoven wrote a fifth symphony uh, about cars. I think there's, you know, but but I'm sure there's some kind of opera uh, to uh, two vehicles somewhere out there. Uh, I want to take a quick moment to uh, remind you about my good friend, George Jackson, George Jackson promotions. If you need promotional products and printed apparel, uh, jump on Facebook or go to gjpromo.com. That's gjpromo.com. And uh, check out my friend George Jackson. I've been friends with George for a long time. He's been a, a longtime sponsor of the show and a good friend and um, one of the nicest people you'll ever talk to, even if you don't do business with him. You know, you spend five minutes with this guy, and you spend five minutes talking to a quality human being. So uh, give George a call if you have a business and you need uh, promotional items. You know, the, you're doing a job fair or something like that, and you need to get your, uh, your logo on a table cover or you need uh, keychains or whatever, whatever kind of stuff you uh, do. Uh, you, you know, in your business to give away, especially with the holidays coming up right now. Um, you know, you probably hand things out to your customers for Christmas. George can help you with that. And and I'll tell you from experience, do it better, quicker. Uh, I don't know about cheaper. Uh, you know, I don't know the price of things in, in that, that regard. But just to do business with a guy uh, who these days stands behind what he sells, and uh, you know, does business in a way that you, uh, you know, you you feel like you're doing business in in a great country, America. Yeah, there you go. George Jackson's the guy to call. Once again, his uh, you can reach him at gjpromo.com or go on, <clears throat> excuse me, Facebook and find him there. All right, quick, quick break here, and then we will come back and do our uh, review, our uh, radio road test. And a couple more notes before we get out of here. We'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, James Dean. Hi, Jimmy. Hi, Gig. We asked Jimmy over today because he's a racing man himself. A real one, not a crazy one. Incidentally, I think I should explain that Jimmy just stepped over from the set of Giants. And need I add, he plays a Texan. Speaking of racing, have you ever been in a drag race? Are you kidding me? I just thought I'd ask. No, Jim races in the tradition, you might say. Real racing cars, real tracks. How fast will your car go? Oh, an honest miles an hour. Clocked, it'd run about 106, 7. You've won a few races, haven't you? Oh, one or two. Where? Well, I showed pretty good at Palm Springs. I ran a Bakersfield. Jimmy. We probably have a great many young people watching our show tonight, and for their benefit, I'd like your opinion about fast driving on the highway. Do you think it's a good idea? A good point. I, uh, I used to fly around quite a bit, you know. I took a lot of unnecessary chances on the highways. And I started racing, and, uh, and now I drive on the highways, and I'm uh, extra cautious. Because uh, no one knows what they're doing half the time. You don't know what this guy's going to do with that one. On a track, there are a lot of men who spend a lot of time developing rules and uh, ways of safety. And uh, I find myself being very cautious on the highway. I don't have the urge to, to speed on the highway. People say racing is dangerous, but I'll take my chances on the track any day than on a highway. Well, Gig, I think I'd better take off. Oh, wait a minute, Jimmy. Um, one more question. Do you have any special advice for the young people who drive? Take it easy driving. The life you might save might be mine. <laughs> Alternative Talk, 1150 on AM, 98.9 HD3 on HD, 1150kknw.com on the web. What an ironic... Quite an ironic uh, 
uh, commercial, a public service announcement from uh, James Dean, uh, who was uh, killed, I believe, not long after recording that. I think he might have recorded that in uh, in like a month or so before he was uh, tragically killed in a uh, in a speeding Porsche down on a highway in California. So, um, but uh, good advice nonetheless. Uh, it is Drive Time Radio. I'm New York Vinny. And uh, we, of course, every week uh, take a look at a car. I get to drive a car for a week and tell you what I think about it. It's called our Drive Time Radio Road Test. We put it through a lot of different uh, tests and phases and just to see how it relates to you, to me, to your use for it. And, rem- you know, when I do these road tests, I, you always need to keep in mind that different cars are for different people. Uh, you know, I try to look at it always in what does this car do what it was designed to do does it serve the person who would most likely be buying this car because the guy that buys a honda accord or a woman that buys an f-150 pickup is probably looking for something different out of their vehicle uh you know i mean you know everybody wants reliability uh, but uh, the pickup truck obviously is uh, built for people who need to have more utility uh, you know, the uh, the Honda Accord, more comfort, more um, uh, gas mileage, uh, better gas mileage, so on and so forth. So you always have to listen to the review with that in mind. And I try to look at it from the point of view of the person uh, that would most likely buy that car, not from the point of view of somebody who is a car reviewer and uh, and does that. Although, you know, some of that always sneaks in as well all right uh, let her rip there nathan the drive time radio road test every week Vinny puts another car through its paces and lets you know the good the bad and the ugly ah yes the the ugly you know we gotta some uh, someday we gotta edit that because one of the things that i find about driving cars these days is very little uh that's ugly out there these days i mean really uh, we are at a a very um good point in the history of automobiles most cars are reliable most cars uh, that you buy you're going to get uh, 200 300,000 miles out of it if you if you uh, care for it some cars you know Toyotas uh, you know you can buy a Toyota with 250,000 miles on it and it's uh, hasn't even gone through its half of its life yet uh, so we see more and more cars that are uh, you know serviceable long into their lives and also attractive, so it's uh, it's a good time uh, for cars. This week, I got a chance to uh, spend some time in the Bronco Sport. Now, this is the third Bronco that I've had. I've had the uh, you know the the Sport model, and then also the the uh, uh, Raptor uh, model, which is just off the charts. Uh, I mean, that thing is an animal. And uh, then now there's this Bronco Sport, and it. Everything on this vehicle, from the design of the vehicle to the way that the back gate is split so that you can open just the window or the whole gate, uh, the seats, uh, the outward look of this car is pleasurable. It's attractive. It's that short little Jeep type uh, design uh, that makes it so beautifully maneuverable in traffic. Yet, when you get out of traffic and onto the road, it acts, um, uh, it's comfortable. It really rides well. It gives you, um, it's not a rough ride. Like if you ride a, a Jeep, let's say, the, you know, the, uh, the Wrangler. I mean, your kidneys take a little bit of a shake, and that thing is really geared for off-road. Ford, on this Bronco, have found the sweet spot uh, with design, with roominess with efficiency with the ability to take the top off on some of the models and open air crews i mean it really worked on this thing you can see and uh, came up with a vehicle that is uh, visually appealing uh that combines the best of on the road with comfort and is still an animal off the road when you take that thing onto the trail when you take it onto an off-road into an off-road park up the side of a mountain or something, it goes. 
I mean, it, it, it goes just as good as anything I've ever driven, except maybe for a, a you know, a really opted out off-road Wrangler. And I'll still match it up against those. I mean, Ford has done a spectacular job with the Bronco. Uh, it is a vehicle that, you know, you, you can have a dual purpose. This thing makes a great family car. Uh, you know, small family car, and it gives you the ability to drive something unique. And also, if you're one of those people that like to go off-road up the side of a mountain, off-roading with your friends, or even just yourself, and get away from it all, it gives you that ability as well. Uh, the mileage is decent on the car. 21 city, 26 highway. If they make an electric version of this car, I'd say watch out. It's going to really be something that is uh, that's spectacular. And the interesting thing with the Bronco is you can configure it in so many different ways. Now, the uh, Bronco edition uh, that I was driving uh, was a heritage edition, which means they took some uh, design cues from the old Bronco. Uh, you know, the, if you look at the side, the little um, emblems and stuff are taken right off the original 66 Bronco and, uh, you know, and, and put on the side of this thing so it, it, it evokes that original uh, uh you know bronco feeling that you had not with the big oj type bronco but with the smaller original bronco uh there are other design cues a, a white grill with red lettering in the front uh a, a white top this particular model doesn't have a top that is removable uh but it does have a nice sunroof in it uh again uh, plenty of room inside and the little things that they did on this Bronco, like the, um, uh, you know, on the dashboard, they have spots for you to put your GoPro or your camera because everybody loves to take pictures of where they're driving and what they're doing. As far as, uh, you know, the um, engine and transmission, uh, you don't get an eight-cylinder here. You get uh, the 2.3-liter four-cylinder uh, that'll do you just fine, 10-speed automatic in the model that um, I drove. And... Uh, independent front suspension is very uh, uh you know again hits that sweet spot between being reliable and confident off-road but also giving you comfort on the road so really uh, a, a great vehicle for especially those of you who use it for a dual purpose Forty-six thousand four hundred bucks is the sticker price on this thing if you can find one i hear that they're all sold out now for the 2024s, I was driving in 2023, but certainly this uh, particular uh, uh, car, uh, you know, you go on Ford's uh, website, it's worth your ordering one. Uh, expect to pay a premium for it, uh, that uh, MSRP is really gonna, you know, it's a, is a, is a dream. But if you're looking for a sweet off-road ride that also is gonna be a sweet on-road ride to drive your kids to school in, the Ford Bronco Sport, hits the sweet spot in a beautiful, beautiful way. That's our show for this week. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch up with you next week at the same time if the Lord's will and the creek don't rise. Have a good week, and thank you again for listening to our show. Take care.